0: Amen again. Might we give God praise one more time for this awesome choir full of my sisters. Amen. God bless you. To our musicians, God bless you. Thank you so much for your service today. To the ushers on the door, we give God praise. For the Bible says that it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Grateful to God for First Lady and for the worship leader and for certainly all those on the Um, pulpit. Amen. And might we give God praise for the angel of this house, your pastor, who extended the opportunity for me to be here today. It's a privilege and an honor. I bring you greetings from the Light Community Church in Richmond, Virginia. also bring you greetings from the Ridley household where my husband and children could not be with me today, but certainly send their thoughts and prayers along with me. Uh, son went to prom last night, amen. So we had to make sure that daddy was on duty, amen. Amen, amen. anybody who's had teenagers, Lord have mercy. Amen, so we're grateful. But I'm so glad that my friend, um, my Hampton University friend came up with me. She is here today, Deborah, God bless you. Thank you for being with me, amen. And I drove up, but she's driving back. Did you know that? Amen. I also see some other Hampton sisters. I'm a proud graduate of Hampton University. I see Kim, y'all stand on up. Kim, Erica's that you in the back. Stand up, Erica. All those who are my Hampton University sisters, amen, who are in the area. Thailand and Erica, I thank God for you counting it not robbery to be here. And for all of my sisters and brothers in the faith, we thank God for this opportunity. It is good for us to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Sis, you have an awesome gift, and I thank God for you on the keyboard and for your heart and the way that you serve. Amen. To our little sisters here on the front row, amen. Looking so beautiful, we're thankful. I'm gonna do what I've been asked to do and get on out the way, amen. Our gospel today comes from uh, Mark, the gospel according to Mark chapter 14. Uh, We're going to be looking at verses 3 through 9, the gospel according to Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 3, going to verse 9. If you don't mind, I'd like to read this from the New International Version. It might read differently than what you have on your device or what you have in your Bible. But this is the word that God wanted me to share today, gospel according to Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 3. Go on to verse 9. And uh, I'm reading from the New International Version. If you're ready, say amen. If you need more time, say hold on. All right. And it reads as follows. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone. This is verse 6, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. i like to use as a title this morning, giving our best in the worst of times. Giving our best in the worst of times. Would you pray with me? Father, we just thank you now for this opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk. God, I pray that you would grant the anointing that makes preaching easy, that your power would come through me. God, I'm a vessel that you can use for your glory. God, I pray for anointing that would flow from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. God, I don't just pray for me, but I pray for this waiting congregation, that you might touch their hearts, that you might encourage our spirits, that we might leave better than the way we came in. Because, God, when it's all said and done, it's all about you, and it's not about us. So, God, as always, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the whole church say amen. Giving our best in the worst of times. Uh, You all might remember uh, several years ago, there was a singer by the name of Anita Baker. Uh-huh, y'all don't know because y'all acting like y'all know because y'all in church. Amen. Several years ago, there was a singer named Anita Baker. And she sang a song that was a big hit called Giving You the Best That I Got. Uh-huh, it's bad English, but it's a good song. It's a love song that she dedicated to her husband at the time. And her first verse describes her devotion to him. I know y'all don't know it, so let me remind you. Uh Ain't there something I can give you in exchange for everything you give to me? Read my mind and make me feel just fine when I think my peace of mind is out of reach. And at the end of the song, she says my favorite part, I bet everything on my wedding ring. I'm giving you the best that I got. The writer of this song, Anita Baker and her husband, Walter Bridgeforth, were married for 20 years, but they eventually divorced. It didn't pan out as she expected. The lyrics of the song didn't match up to her real life. And even with the best of intentions, her best wasn't good enough to save that relationship. Beloved in life, there will be times that we can give our very best and still have to stand in the middle of chaos and confusion. We can give our best efforts and still be the subject of ridicule and condemnation. We can give the best testimony and still end up being the talk of the tabloids. You can go out to the voting polls and droves and still end up trumped in the White House. Y'all not saying nothing. (laughs) You can have more education, more qualifications, and more accreditations and still end up in the midst of hateration. You can do the same job as a man but not get the same pay. You can wake up early in the morning and work until late at night and still get laid off. But this morning, I just stopped by Greater Little Zion to remind you that when you give God your very best, things will always turn around in your favor. And that's somebody's word today as you look around and you see what's going on in life. You see all these senseless killings and the fact that folks aren't safe in the Waffle House or at the movie theater or in Grandmama's backyard. You can sit in Starbucks or uh, uh, drive in uh, a nice neighborhood without being questioned when the police force in many states and counties seems to be on a manhunt for our men, we all need some reassurance that we still have what it takes to stand strong even in the worst of times. We need another reminder that in the midst of our broken hearts and our broken prayers and our feeble attempts to keep the faith, that a blessing is still available, especially when it seems that we're trying to do the best when we're in the worst of times. Our sister in the text tag for today has to learn and teaches us teaches us how to serve the Savior and give her best in a room full of folks who don't even want her there. She did something that was unpopular and even unheard of in those times. She walked into a meeting full of men, and she served the Master. Serving the Savior was not often seen, not the way that she was doing it. See, Jesus was the one who was uh, known for helping others. Jesus was known for having followers and big crowds and performing miracles for them, but not this woman serving him. I can tell you don't believe me, but Jesus was the ultimate servant. Jesus was the one that everybody thought should be serving them. All you have to do is read before we read on today, and you'll find out that Jesus was always serving other people. He was baptized by John, tempted by Satan. He had called the 12 disciples and drove out evil spirits. He healed Peter's mother-in-law from a fever, forgave a paralyzed man of his sin, issued him his walking papers, and told him to pick up his mat and move on. He ate with sinners and healed on the Sabbath. He taught people with parables and calmed the storm and walked on water, raised a dead girl and healed a woman with the issue of blood. Fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread, healed the blind man at Bethsaida, cursed the fig tree, and tried to prepare people for his crucifixion. I said he was the ultimate servant. He always gave the best for everybody else, but here comes this sister stepping into the scenario just to serve the Savior. She didn't come to be prayed for and she didn't come to be prayed on. She just came to be a blessing to Jesus. And every once in a while, all the encouragers need to be encouraged. Every once in a while, The comforters need to be comforted. And that's a word for somebody in here today. Because some of us are smiling on the outside, but you're tired on the inside. You're wired for worship, but you're working on fumes. You've been there for everybody else, but you can't get an answer when you call for help. You've been making a way for others, but you're still waiting on your change to come. But I speak prophetically to all of you who are struggling and starving in the name that the same way that God sent this woman to serve Jesus when he needed it, God can send your help at just the right time. Let's give God a praise right there. So let's review. Let's review the text. Here's Jesus sitting at the table at Simon's house. He's chilling. And I think it's interesting, uh, Pastor Murphy, that the text says that they were in the house of Simon the leper. That's what we read. It said they were in the house of Simon the leper right then, verse 3. Now, I know there's some Bible readers in here and you're under good teaching, but I got to park right here with the motor running for a minute because Simon could not have been a leper when they were at the house because lepers were excommunicated from their families and they were denied access to community gatherings because of the contagious nature of the disease. So if he wasn't a leper at the time that Jesus was chilling at the house, the writer of the text must have referred to Simon by what he used to be. Oh, I can't hear nobody. (laughs) I I can't hear, I can't hear He's being described in the text by an old condition that is no longer evident in his life anymore. And I wish I had time to unpack that in more detail, but suffice it to say that my boy Simon had a reason to be having a house party because he had a used-to-be testimony. Y'all not saying nothing. I got a sneaky suspicion that Jesus had something to do with his deliverance. See, he used to be a leper. That's what he was known for, but if Jesus was in his house, That condition was in the past. Lord, I just need 25 people who are not too ashamed to say that you got a used-to-be testimony. Simon is not the only one. And I don't care what they call you now. What they call you now is none of your business because that's what you used to be. Somebody else can give God a used-to-be praise because you used to be broke. You used to be mean. You used to be trifling. Y'all not saying nothing. You used to be sick. Used to be tired, used to be busted, used to be disgusted, couldn't be trusted. But now that Jesus is in the house, all your past is a used to be all oh, shucks. I can't hear nobody. You can testify like Simon Peter. Jesus is in my house now, and I believe everything's gonna be all right. So, so here we are in the text. This unnamed woman shows up to Simon's house with this alabaster jar filled with perfumed oil. Alabaster jar was made of onyx and marble, used to carry precious oils and liquids, and it used to have a lid on the top of it, a long handle, so that you can be careful of how much you use. Uh, Inside her jar was an oil made of a spike-nard plant. They called it nard for short. It had a very strong aroma, but it could also be used for medicinal purposes. And the reason that she had the nard in her jar was because the plant had to be pressed before the all could come out, and once the all came out, then it could be you. Oh, y'all not sure, sister. Y'all don't know when it's shout. you either too early or too late. But I want to bring it to your own because there are some folks who know about being pressed in the process because it was in the middle of your press that you got your best praise, it was in the middle of the press that you got those prayers through, it was in the middle of a press that you realized that your little bit could still go a long way, your little bit of faith could move mountains, your little bit of worship. Could wreak havoc on the enemy. I thank God for the press, because the press is what made it possible. So here's the question for our consideration this morning: How do we give God our best in the worst of times? First of all, tell a sister on your roll: You must learn how to serve sacrificially. Tell him, tell him, come on, tell him, serve sacrificially. This service to the Lord was sacrificial. Sacrifice means that you're giving something up that could have been used elsewhere. Please understand that this ore cost her something. This nard in the amount that she had was worth a year's wages. And there are times when it's going to cost you something just to get in God's presence. It might cost you something just to live like a Christian. Some stuff might have to change in our lives. Some folk might have to leave our lives. Some habits have to die in our lives. Some boundaries need to be established in our life, but it will cost you something. Giving your time to church will be a sacrifice because we all could be doing something else right now. Giving your talent and treasure might be a sacrifice. Sometimes even your praise will be a sacrifice because you ain't really feel like it. We got bills at home the spouse might be acting crazy, kids are not listening, but when you serve sacrificially, God will still get the glory. See, she could have done something else with that oil, but she decided to give it all to Jesus. And, and it wasn't just a sacrifice because of the cost. It was also a sacrifice because something had to be broken before the oil could come out. Her gift was from a broken vessel, y'all. not, I promise I'm in the text. In order for the oil to flow to Jesus, the vessel had to be broken. See, I told you there was a seal on the alabaster jar. She could have just removed the seal and tried to control how much of the oil went out. Because when you control the seal, you can control the level of the anointing oil. But when your seal is not on and the jar is broken, then everything that y'all not getting it, everything that's in it, has to come flowing out without limits. See, when the vessel is broken, the brokenness removes the limitations from the flow y'all not see. and some of your best stuff is not gonna come out until you're broken ain't got no real people in here today God is willing to receive our best gift but it's not always gonna come from your put-together self with your white hat on and your cute shoes sometimes your best worship is gonna come when you broke down from the floor down that when you can't see your way when your slip is hanging when your wig is crooked when your bra strap is showing when tears are coming down your face when snot is coming out your knows sometimes that's when God can show up when you don't care what you look like when you don't care who's sitting beside you God if I could just get in the house of the Lord one more time everything is going to be alright it had to be broken it had to be broken it was broken see it's easy to give off a full plate but it's harder to give when you got a broken platter it's easy to share when you got a whole lot but it's harder to give something up when you're struggling. It's easy to smile when you just rode here in a new car, but it's harder to smile when you had to walk here after the bus stop. It's easy to give your time when you just got promotion money, but it's harder when you just got a pink slip. And somebody in here knows that your shattered vessel still has something on the inside and that broken crayon still color. Even when your heart is broken, even when your mind is tired and your spirit is weary, you can still give a blessing out of a broken vessel. So the first lesson is that if we're going to give our best in the worst of times, you've got to serve sacrificially. But secondly, we find out from the sister that you must serve specifically. Uh, this woman didn't come in and go to every man she saw and start anointing them. She specifically served Jesus. She wasn't trying to do flips. She wasn't trying to grin. She wasn't trying to shake hands. She didn't hold a deacon's meeting. She gave specifically what she had to Jesus. This woman was directing her attention on the only one in the room who really mattered. And some of us have forgotten when we come to church that we're not here to let everybody else see who y'all not saying nothing. But we got to be focused on who it is that we specifically trying to direct our attention to. Lord have mercy. I don't see anywhere in the text where she stopped and had conversations with folk before she got to Jesus. I don't see anywhere where she asked for people to check a box and see if she could go to see Jesus. I don't see anywhere where she took a poll or a survey to try to figure out who she was going to see. She served specifically the one that meant the most to her. She was specific about who she served and she was specific about what she gave. Can I break it down? All she had was what she had and all she served with was the best that she had and too many of us are trying to give god what he gave to somebody else and then we're getting mad that we don't have y'all not talking to me we get mad when we don't have what somebody else has. But what God wants us to do is just give the best of what we have available. We trying to bring somebody else's gifts to the altar. If it's not yours, don't bring it because God didn't give it to you. All God wants is the best that we have to give. Oh, I just freed some folk, 32 people in here, who've been shucking and jiving and peeping and high and trying to be everybody's friend at the church. I just freed some ushers who need to be teachers, some teachers that need to be singing in the choir. Sometimes we try it so hard to be everything to everybody, that we end up being no good for the kingdom. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Help me preach this message. Tell somebody, baby, be specific. And I wonder if there's anybody in church today who just came with your mind focused on Jesus. You won't save and seats for nobody on your road. You didn't care who came. You don't care where you sit. You don't care who got what hat on. You just came because you came to focus on Jesus. You didn't come to see what the person was wearing beside you. You didn't come so that you could get a phone number or get a new pair of shoes. You came into this room and you just want to focus on the one that has been so much to us. Here she comes into this room full of men just to focus on one man. And she gave something that was extraordinary. Everybody else was giving bread and wine, but she was giving that oil and worship. She gave a gift that was sacrificial. She gave a gift that was specific. But I'm in the text, y'all. It said there were some people in the room who misunderstood her motive. Uh I'm in the text. Deb, it's in there. And, And can I help you? God, the best that you have. Everybody's not going to understand. They misunderstood her ministry. Text says they started to get indignant. And you might think uh, that it was because she was a woman coming into the presence of men. That's not it. That's not the, what the text says. You might think it's because she interrupted Jesus' dinner uh, with bringing all that perfume in there. That, that's not it. They were tripping <laughs> because she was so extravagant that's what the bible says come on this was literally the group i know nobody's in here like that but this was literally the group that says it don't take all that they were complaining because they knew the cost of the oil and how much she could have done with it and they said it's in verse four she had wasted it she could have taken that sold it And giving money to the poor. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with giving money to the poor. But this woman understood that in this moment, I got this one chance in history to get close to Jesus. And if this is all I got to give him, then doggone it, I'm going to give him what I have. he's right here with me. Can you imagine Jesus sitting there thinking, what do you mean wasted it? He's sitting right in the room. Oh, I'm not worth it. I came down, 42 generations came down from royalty to living poverty, devoted all my time to making other people better. But this is a waste. When you look back over your life and you start to think things over, you realize that everything that you have, that's good. God gave it to you. And if God gave you everything that's good, why are we trying so hard to give God our leftovers? Every victory that you've won is because God did it. Every surgery that you made it out of is because God healed you. Every heartbreak that you've ever recovered from is because God gave you comfort. So in the words of the psalmist, what shall I render unto God for all of his blessings? But yet these people, Texans became indignant because her gift was extravagant. And the truth is, some folk like everything extravagant except worship. Some folk got all the Gucci. Y'all not talking to me, Poochie. You got the Poochie De Louie. Uh, you got all that you can stand. Some folk got cookouts and house parties that would shame the best hotels and restaurants. But somehow, when it comes to the things of God, there's some folk, not anybody in here, who thinks it just doesn't take all of that. They might think it's no, no need to linger past the normal time of worship. They might think that your shout is too long or the song is too long or the tears that you shed is too big. Some are like the people in this text. Jesus was in the house, but he was not in their hearts beloved and we got to be careful that we don't just have Jesus up in church and they not in our hearts because what's going to happen when you leave here is that you're going to need some of the stuff that you were shouting about to resonate in your spirit on Monday when you get around them jokers on your job that you oh lord have mercy he was he was in the house Kim but he, he was not in their hearts once you realize that God is extravagant then you can learn how to be extravagant when we serve the lord God gave his only begotten son fresh mercy every morning, exchanges our mourning for dancing, exchanges our weeping for joy, hung all the stars in the sky, gave us his only begotten son. That's extravagant. An incredible God deserves incredible praise and extravagant worship. So here we are, this woman, I'm almost finished. She teaches us how to serve sacrificially, then to serve specifically. But then she teaches us how to serve sacredly, sacredly. She reverenced this moment. She reverenced her connection to Christ. And the text does not say that this woman says anything. She does not speak a word. She just kept right on serving. Because she understood that this moment was sacred. And in the middle of her sacrificial service, the Savior spoke up for her. This sister was not like some of us. She didn't get an attitude. She didn't talk back. She didn't twist her neck. She just kept on serving. And then Jesus... Spoke on her behalf. I like that part. First thing he said was he he provided her with some purpose. Say to yourself, I got purpose. Uh Uh-huh, let me tell you what it is in the text. He said, what you did for me was to prepare my body for burial. He gave her purpose in that moment. Jesus made everybody in the house realize that what she was doing was meaningful for his future. And I want to encourage you today, there's nothing that you can do that God doesn't see everybody has purpose there is purpose to your pain and a reason for your right now and by and by we'll understand it better and there's nothing that you can do for god that will not be recognized by god but then secondly he gave her a promise it's in verse nine A promise i'm in the text truly i tell you wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world what she has done will also be told in memory of her jesus gave this woman a truly he made her a promise he gave her a show enough That's something that can't be taken away. And today we can give God praise for every truly that he's ever spoken in our lives. It shall be just what he said. Uh, Some promises have been made already to women in the Bible. He made a promise to the woman at the well and she never thirsted again. He made a promise to the woman with the issue of blood and she was free of her infirmity. He made a promise to the woman who was bent over for 18 years and she stood up straight. And I believe he's still making promises to all the sisters that are willing to give their best in the worst of times. And I just need 15 people who are ready to receive the promises of God to put your hands together and thank God for the promise because the promises of God are yes and amen. God is not like man that he should lie. So she gave her best. Jesus gave her purpose. Jesus gave her a promise. But here's another thing he gave her, and I'm going to be out your way. He gave her protection. See when they were talking trash all around her, it's right there in verse six. He said, It's in the text. Leave her alone. And in times like these, we need to remember God still has our back. Weapons might be formed, but no weapon that is formed shall be able to prosper. And y'all know I got kids, so I'm just going to end with this. How many people got children in here? Come on, raise your hand. Mm -hmm. How many people are growing up and you still like cartoons? Okay. All right. (laughs) Right, I got two kids, and when they were younger, and even now, I still like to take them to movies. And one of the movies that I really loved back then and I still love now is Lion King. <laughs> Lion King, come on, y'all get with me. I'm not talking about, I think they made about, what, 13 Lion Kings at this point. I'm talking about the first one, <laughs> but the first Lion King. Uh Uh-huh, because there are a couple of scenes in The Lion King where if you pay attention. See, when I look at movies, I don't look at movies like regular people. I shout at movies because I see stuff in movies that remind me of God. I I get excited about certain stuff. And there's a scene in The Lion King where this is the first one. Little Simba, y'all remember? Little Simba, uh, he had a daddy named Mufasa. And and Mufasa told him, boy, there's certain places that you don't need to go. Come on, y'all remember? He told him, you can stay right around in here because, you know, you're going to be the king after me. He said, but don't go beyond this area here because if you go beyond this area, there's some things that you don't want to see. Y'all with me? And so Simba did like most of our children do. He decided that he was going to go see what his daddy told him not to see. Y'all not saying nothing. And then he did like what most men do, and he said, come on, Nala, you come on with me. Y'all... Oh, come on, y'all not saying that. Y'all know Nala was the little girl line cub, right? He ain't go by himself and get in trouble. Come on. He took Nala with him. He said, come on here, and what do we do, ladies? Okay. Oh, go, y'all not talking to me. Listen, so they go off together to the place where his daddy told them not to go. And when they get in there, they find some hyenas, y'all remember. And the hyenas were in there licking their lips, getting ready to get a hold of Simba. And Simba had been practicing his roar. And Simba was ready for him, you know what I'm saying? So they started, like, coming close and licking their lips. And Simba ran back, and he said, Oh, shucks. The hyena said, boy, we're gonna get something good here today. <laughs> second time came around the hyenas after they finished laughing, they came up again, and they were coming up like they were gonna get them a symbol right now. This time I gotta do something a little better. He <laughs> ran back the second time. Rrr. That's all he had. Listen, they said, you just might as well hang it up because we coming to get you for dinner. He got nervous. Nala's standing there like, what in the world did I get myself into fooling with this brother? Y'all not saying nothing in here. And so after a while, when he got to the third, when he ran back, he was shaking and nervous. And this time, But when he looked around, he realized it wasn't his voice. His daddy had made his way into the cave that he was in. And it wasn't even his roar that was the roar. His daddy has showed on the scene. And when he gave his best, the hyenas ran away. And can I tell you that that's the same way that God is for us. That he's ready to roar on our behalf. That there's nothing that you can do. That he's not ready to send Big Daddy into the cave. Roar! Leave her alone. She belongs to me. Roar! And somebody in here needs to leave out of here with your shoulders back and your head up high because the God that I serve is more than able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. God is ready to shut some people down who try to mess with you. Touch not thine anointed and do harm. And I promise you today, if you give God your best, As long as you're about God's business, God is more than able to take care of your business. God is still able to protect his prized possessions. And I double-dog, Danny, if you're going through anything today to put your blessed hands together, and just thank God for being your protection, being your God, being your provision, being your covering, being your strength when you're weak, being your peace of mind. Be in your joy. Thank God. We can still give our best in the midst of the worst times. Come on, this week when you start feeling some kind of way, just think about that roar. That you got a God that is protecting you, that has given you purpose, and is more than able to help you with your purpose. Come on, thank God. That's the word of God for the people of God.